Hello everybody, this is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, March 9th, 2023. We've got an interesting story to talk about today that a lot of you emailed me various versions of the story, and I want to get to that right after a little bit of housekeeping. We do have tomorrow uh, at 2 p.m. U.S. Central Time, we've got our members vid chat. Uh, please remember to get your questions, comments in no later than 10 o'clock tonight. Get them posted in the members area because that's when I print them out, review everything, and get ready. Also, don't forget we're on the new format, which means I'm going to uh, probably only try and be in the chat about two hours, a little, you know, not right on two hours, give or take whatever amount of time it takes us to get through but we are um under this vimeo restriction so um i'll be there early for the pre-chat in the chat room and i'll stay after the vid chat part of it for post chat to field comments and questions extempore from the chat room but the video portion of it, about two hours, we've already had a lot of people submitting things, so I may start a little early tomorrow, uh, but that's, uh, that's supposed to start at two. I'll be there early as I usually am. Now let's get right to it. The story that I want to talk about is this story about the Perth Mint having sold doped gold to China and specifically the Shanghai Gold Exchange, which, you know, Shanghai and Hong Kong are the two major foreign exchange places in mainland China. And this story intrigues me. I'm going to be reading the version from the United Kingdom's Daily Mail. And I'm going to read several paragraphs here. Because there's something about this story that stinks. Not the least of which that the Perth Mint would suspect that it could get away with selling doped gold to China. Now, as we're going to learn in the following article, the doping in this gold is rather sophisticated. At least that's what we're being told. But there's something in this particular version of the story that caught my eye. And it makes me wonder if indeed we're being told the whole truth about the nature of this doping. Now, this doping is not the standard coat some tungsten bars in gold. This is a very different kind of doping that's taking place. So, again, this is from the Daily Mail. I'm going to read the opening paragraphs, then a, a great number of paragraphs from the middle of the article, and then one paragraph toward the end. Here we go. Quote, up to $9 billion worth of gold that the Perth Mint sold to China could be recalled after it was discovered some bars were diluted with other metals. The Western Australian government-owned mint, which is the largest refiner of newly mined gold in the world, started doping its gold in 2018, a process which involves mixing in silver or copper while still keeping the purity above 
99.99%. While the product met widely accepted standards on the global gold market, up to 100 tons of bullion shipped to China potentially falls short of the more stringent standards of the Shanghai Gold Exchange. Some of the gold on the Shanghai Gold Exchange tested from the Perth Mint exceeded the allowable silver content. Even more remarkably, when the Perth Mint was caught out not meeting the Shanghai Gold Exchange standards, they allegedly tried to cover it up, concerned that it could affect the Mint's reputation, reports the ABC's Four Corners. Now, I'm skipping a few paragraphs here for several paragraphs toward the middle of this article. Quote, the doping program was introduced in 2018 with an expected savings of about $620,000 per year, a tiny fraction of the mint's turnover. Now stop right there. With that small amount of money, this is a mint that does almost 20 plus billion dollars per year. With that small amount of money, one wonders if indeed this is all there is to the doping. This is almost not an effort that's worth it, especially if you're going to get caught out selling doped gold that doesn't meet the Shanghai Gold Exchange standards. But let's continue. Documents show some internal staff raised concern the gold bars might not meet Shanghai Gold Exchange standards, but the program continued. The Shanghai Gold Exchange itself first alleged in September of 2021 that two gold bars from the Perth Mint it had tested using metallurgical assay allegedly contained too much silver. The doping program was immediately stopped and an internal investigation launched, which found one of those two gold bars had been checked before it left Perth Mint and allegedly failed to meet the Shanghai Gold Exchange standards then. Rather than inform the Chinese exchange, the Perth Mint opted not to send through the failed assay test. The internal investigation provides an insight into why. If the Shanghai Gold Exchange Gold Corporation's preeminent exchange client had made public that they had issues with Gold Corporation bars, the impact of negative public statements on the business could be very significant, the internal report said. The report also noted the scale of product that could be affected. Based on average understandings of volumes, it was possible for up to 100 tons of stock to be recalled from the Shanghai Gold Exchange for replacement, the report said. The Perth Mint appeared desperate to avoid losing their accreditation with the Shanghai Gold Exchange and the damage that this would bring to their reputation on global gold markets. The Mint claims that since 2021 its refining method has been improved and its gold is now higher purity than the industry standard. But that's not its only troubles. Now I'm skipping one paragraph here, folks, to come to what I think is the crunch of what's going on here, among other things. Quote, the auditor is examining whether Gold Corporation, and by the way, this is the financial crime uh, regulator, Austrax auditor, the Australian 
version of FinCEN, if you will. This auditor is, quote, examining whether Gold Corporation trading as Perth Mint has complied with the anti-money laundering and counter-terrorism financing obligations after allegedly selling gold to persons known to have links to criminal syndicates, unquote. So it's that one statement that makes me wonder if indeed we're being told the truth about the purity of the gold that was sold to China. And my suspicion is that if you're going to dope gold and then attempt to get away with it and sell it to the Shanghai Gold Exchange, then you are likely to sell, be selling doped gold of much less purity to your other customers. And this becomes a perfect way to launder money. Because if you're selling doped gold that you're claiming is 99.99% pure, and it's only 80% pure, and you're selling it at the rate of 99.99% purity, then you're raking in a lot of cash. And that cash is, is probably laundered money. Okay? So it becomes an, the exchange of gold for cash becomes a way to launder, to launder money. So I strongly suspect that there is probably a lot more going on with this story than meets the eye, and that the Chinese are not the customers that the Mint is really concerned about. And if, if you're willing to do this, let's add one more bit of speculation to this recipe. Because we've been watching several bullion depositories be opened up in the United States by various states that will in, intentionally accept bullion on deposit in these depositories. And eventually, of course, I suspect that means that they will issue certificates of deposit that will in turn function as currency. Now, if you want to ruin that whole enterprise, what do you do? Well, you, you exhibit the gold market itself as being untrustworthy. And this, folks, is not the first time. This is the other thing that makes me extremely suspicious about this story. This is not the first time a mint associated with the British Commonwealth has been involved in doping gold. Let's recall a few years back that the Royal Canadian Mint was again caught red-handed by the Chinese issuing substandard gold coins. Now, that was not simply a, uh, a provincial mint, as we're dealing with here in the case of the Perth Mint. This was the Royal Bank and, and Mint itself. So... And incidentally, I blogged about that story at the time. So this is the second time in the last few years that we've seen a mint associated with the Commonwealth get caught in doping gold. Now, in the case of, of the Royal Canadian Mint, it was actually tungsten bars inside of gold, uh, tungsten coins, I should say, inside of a gold wrapping, which was, you know, just about the clumsiest and most obvious way of doping gold. This is a much more sophisticated operation in Perth, but it does make me suspect that we're not being told the whole story about, number one, the customers involved, 
and number two, the purity of the gold doping involved in all cases. This is a very interesting story, folks. And my guess is, and, and if you've been following it, uh, my guess is that many of you had the same suspicion I do when reading it, that they're not telling us everything and that this is a very, very fishy story. One to watch, let's just put it that way. Anyway, that'll do it for our news and views from the Nefarium. Please don't forget, get your comments and questions posted in the members area under the vid chat for tomorrow by 10 o'clock U.S. Central Time tonight. Uh, I'll see a lot of you tomorrow during the vid chat. Um, a couple more announcements to make in, in the vid chat tomorrow, and we'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everybody, and God bless.